Everybody, this is Marguerite Crestillo, and welcome to Real Estate Real World. Super excited today to have a great guy on our call. I met this guy a few years back when he came into our brokerage to do a class on memory, memory training, how to remember things, and I can't remember what he talked about. <laughs> Just a joke. Anyway, He's a fantastic guy. I'm really excited to have him here today. Nick Lynch happens to be the author of Get Real, a six-step formula to take responsibility for what you want, which, as he says, represents the lifetime development of a concept he referred to as the wanter. Through a simple process, Nick helps individuals and groups get free of fear. I can use that one. And get their deepest desires into their weekly routine. The result of this work is something that Nick calls a lifestyle document, a personal roadmap which allows people to live their values every day. He's got clients that range from the homeless people all the way to Olympic gold medalists. So I'm really excited to have Nick talk to us today. So welcome, welcome, Nick. Well, thanks, Marguerite. It's great to be on with you. So it looks like you also have three teenage children, your lovely wife, Lauren, and three kids. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And how old are your teens? Well, my oldest uh, just started at Sierra this summer, Sierra College here locally. And then I have a daughter who's starting her sophomore year in high school and a son who's starting eighth grade. Holy cow, that's a ton of fun. Luckily, uh, my youngest is now 19, so I somehow survived the teenage years. But uh, good luck to you. <laughs> yeah, well, I appreciate it. As I as I came home preparing for our podcast, I, uh, my oldest was uh, banging on the drums in the garage, so hopefully we won't, won't have too much uh, background noise. <laughs> so that's the kind of house we like well, to have here, lots of fun. Yeah, you'll miss it someday. You'll miss it, trust me. So tell me a little bit. So I got a couple questions here. I have not had a chance to read your book yet, but I'm very excited to read it because you're going to get it over to me in time to include in this podcast. So tell me, what is the Get Real formula about? What's it about? Well, essentially, it's about fear removal uh, and getting honest about what our deepest true desires are and then getting those into a weekly routine so that we can be really accountable to ourselves for making sure that we handle the areas of our lives that are the most important to us. And so how do we really figure out, I guess sometimes I hear that word used a lot about fear and fear-based, but sometimes I'm not sure what it is I'm really afraid of that's holding me back. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I can relate with that. So uh, the, as far as fear removal goes, uh, which is really the, the first step of the six-step formula that I, that I share about in, in my book, uh, it's a very simple process. I could actually just describe it uh, quickly if, if you'd like. That would be fantastic. So it, it's simply grabbing a piece of paper and writing, I have fear, or just the word fear, and then listing the first thought on your mind, the first thing that's troubling you or disturbing you. And then simply writing, I have fear again, and then whatever the next one is. And just going through a, uh, I guess you could call it a stream of consciousness, you know, like what writers use to kind of get, get clear, clear their thinking uh, before they write. 
And uh, the idea is to just write down as many things as you can think of. And then at the end, simply write, thank you for removing fear. Please focus my attention on what's important. And, uh, and, and then you can sign it if you want to. And what, the, what this does is it actually reveals and removes fear. It's, it's <laughs> considering what a problem fear is for people, it probably sounds like a pretty sim- simplistic uh, uh, solution. But I tell you from personal experience, I've done that about 12,000 times in my life. Every morning <laughs> when I wake, wake up, I, 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 I write, write down a fears list like that. And, and, and I literally carry a pen and paper around with me, um, uh, you know, everywhere that I go so that if anything comes that's, that's troubling me, since I know it can be removed, since I know I don't have to live with it, I just simply take a couple of minutes and write them down again using that simple format. So it's, it's simple, but it's powerful, and, and I've found it to be very reliable, and so have a lot of other people. So can you give me some sort of an example? Like, uh, what did you write down this morning? <laughs> yeah, well, there there are some standard ones that kind of uh, represent themselves uh, on a lot of mornings. Things like uh, fear I want to go back to bed, or you know, fear it won't be a good day. Things <laughs> like that. Um, any, I you know, this fear phenomenon is an interesting thing because you know the the uh, the the acronym is well, there's several acronyms, but but one of them is false evidence appearing real. You've probably heard that. Yeah. Uh, F-E-A-R. And so it's really what these are, are a false imposition. They're a false version of what's happening. And um, so, so I, it's, it's sort of like whatever we're already thinking about or whatever we care about, there's this fear phenomenon that's trying to assert itself and spray all this fear all over it. And uh, and so this is just a simple way to kind of cl- clear that away, so that we can we can we can be more focused and and have more of a a reality based experience of our, of our day. It's kind of like getting the bugs off the windshield. And uh, there's some reservations that people have about writing their fears down because a lot of times, you know, in our culture, if you want to substantiate something, you write it down, like a contract or a book or something like that. And so I I I, I try to make a distinction when I'm when I'm helping people with this written fear exercise to regard it. Sorry for the analogy, but regard it less like a newspaper and more like toilet paper. <laughs> like this is just stuff that we're getting rid of that's not useful to us. You know, our our automobiles have an exhaust system for whatever comes into the 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 machine that's not usable by the machine. It needs to come out the exhaust system, and if it doesn't. Uh, like the old Eddie Murphy movie, I think it was 48 Hours, you know, it plugs up the tailpipe with the banana and the car won't run. And, and our body, right. you know, and so the machine doesn't well run well if, that's, if the unusable stuff isn't cleaned out. And, you know, I won't get any more in detail about this, but our bodies have a similar system where we get rid of the stuff that we consume that's not useful to us. So why not have some kind of a filtration system for our consciousness? I mean, if that doesn't sound too deep, you know, is it possible that every thought's a winner. I mean, maybe if we had a way to filter through these, we would be able to get more in touch with who we are and what our, what our true honest desires are, which allows people to move 
further through this process. And, you know, I meant, you mentioned a couple of the Olympic gold medalists that I've worked with uh, through this process and other people. I was just finding in my appointments that we could, get, we could get more honest and more specific and more clear if we just get rid of fear first. And uh, everybody's susceptible to it, but it's not real and it's easy to be removed. And it's, it's much better than trying to, to mentally combat that while we're also trying to live our lives at the same time. So what would you say are probably the top, maybe the top two or three fears that people really struggle with? Like some of these athletes you've worked with, and I know you work with a lot of people in the real estate industry, helping them get past a lot of that. What would you say those those top two or three are? Well, I think for people in general, inadequacy is probably a huge one. You know, what what makes me think I can do this or you know, or, and also perception, you know, what will, what will people think of me if I try this or if I do this or if I change that, you know, this, this fear, fear has a way of just keeping us really locked up in a, in a certain routine that might not always be fulfilling to us, but it, for some reason it, it feels, feels safe, safe to us. And, and the reality is it isn't, you know, there's this great, amazing world of possibilities and, it, and if we can get over our fear, we're also, in a sense, getting re- getting over ourselves, or at least our false sense of self, and that opens up all kinds of possibilities. They seem unsafe because they're unfamiliar, but the experience of having the fear removed and actually living more fully is is exhilarating. It's it's wonderful, and I and I know you're having that experience with the level of success that you've had in in your life, Marguerite. Well, thank you. You know, lately I've been doing a lot of work with Tamara Doris, and we've been working on a lot of mindset, you know, getting your mind straight and staying focused on that. And I'm telling you, it's a learning process every single day. And, you know, just like everyone else, I have fears and anxieties and issues like anybody. And and this, to me, sounds pretty impactful because I think sometimes we ignore what those fears are and we kind of think, well, if we ignore them and we shove them back in the closet, that it's a non-issue. But I don't know about you, but for me, I know that they keep kind of popping up and rearing their ugly head, and then all of a sudden one day I was like, you don't want to get out of bed. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. And 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 it's it does seem, when it gets to that point, it does seem mysterious. And, you know, what is, I know something's bothering me, something's wrong, but I don't know exactly what is wrong. And, and a lot of times that can be an example of just compounded fears that haven't been addressed. And it seems like, you're right, I mean, the way that most people try to handle fear is to, you know, think of something else or to push through it or something like that. And And I've just found that it's much easier to just, get it out on paper, you know, and, uh, and, and, and have the experience of it being removed, you know, ask for it to be removed. Uh, yeah, it, it's, so, it's because the, the alternative would be to, to, to try to basically kind of put whipped cream on top of dog do where we're secretly believing something, even though it's not true, we're believing it. And then we're trying to improve on that. It's like, well, let's just get rid of it and see what's left. And what's left is, is all good, really. So if you are struggling with that fear, for example, you mentioned one of the top ones is the fear of being inadequate. 
what would be a way to get rid of that? What would be a way to, to move past that? Yeah, so it, it, I try to be as kindergarten as possible when I'm making these fear lists. I, I try to just simply, you know, say it the way I would have said it if I if I were still in kindergarten, like, uh, you know, fear, I can't do this, or fear, I'll make a mistake, or fear, I'll embarrass myself or someone else, you know, fear, I'm not good enough to do this, or fear, this person will judge me. That's an interesting one, because sometimes we have fear of judgment of others and we think it's the whole world, but it can't possibly be the whole world, right? Because most of us don't know most of the people in the world. You know, there's a lot of people. So usually, when, I don't when know, with Facebook put, now, there's a lot. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, you know, even if, but even if everybody on Facebook was judging you and me, right, there'd still be like <laughs> five or six billion out there that don't even know us to judge us, right? So it's, it's, and my, my point is, though, that as I write down, you know, fear, everybody judges me or whatever it is, right, that actually a person will, a specific person will come to mind, you know, and sometimes it'll be an experience that I had like 15 years ago, you know, like really trying to impress somebody that doesn't even have my address anymore. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's really, it's amazing how it doesn't take much to really throw us off, but but we can actually make important choices about our own lives that are driven by notions that don't even exist, that are just false. And so, you know, I, I, much, much better off uh, with, without that stuff. And, and anyway, my point about that is the more specific I can be, um, the more relief I, I find that I get. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was talking to somebody the other day and they were – frustrated with another person that that person was not living up to their expectations. Yeah. And they said, well, you know, I just expected this person to be different or I expected them to behave in a different way. And I said, well, here's the challenge with that. The challenge is is that that person has no idea what the heck your expectations are. Right, right, right. you've created like this little secret ninja in the corner who's judging somebody's behavior who has no idea what behavior you were expecting. I try to explain it like this when we've all had that person somewhere in our life, usually in like, you know, sixth grade or something that we had a huge crush on, right? That, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, we just thought they were awesome and thought, you know, you're 11 years old and thinking, you know, that's going to be who you're going to marry and all this kind of crazy stuff. And then when you actually get to spend time with that person, you're like, oh, they're not at all the person that I thought they were because you've created this whole image in your mind that's not reality, right? Yes, yes. It's not even close to reality. That's a that's a great point because when we talk and I'm really glad that you mentioned that Marguerite because there's different forms of fear like when people when when you say fear a lot of times people think about phobias like you know we just there was just a big spider in in our garage you know that uh, the other night that like freaked my wife out and whatever you know there's that kind of fear but any false notion or opinion could be considered a fear if you're using that definition of false evidence appearing real. So absolutely, even romantic delusions of us, you know, conjuring up all these ideas about somebody without even checking with them, right? Like you said, <laughs> that's, that's fear too. That's false evidence appearing real. So, so my, I, the, the person that showed me this exercise um, encouraged me 
to just put down anything that I was thinking and put fear in front of it. And, and he told me, if it's not fear, don't worry. It won't get removed. You get to keep it. But I've been really surprised like at how many things have been removed that have just been opinions, things that if I wasn't yeah. writing down, I would be busy defending and making all these big stories up about it. And it, it's a drag. I mean, there's so much more to life, isn't there? Oh, totally. And, you know, just it cracks me because, I mean, you know, we're trivializing it a little bit and making it sound kind of ridiculous. But the bottom line is, is it is ridiculous. I mean, yeah, the stuff that yeah. we have have imagined, you know, all the stuff going on in our head that's just not even close to reality. Like the other day I was thinking about this. I, I, I saw, you know, there's been a lot of information in the news about bullies, right, mm-hmm. and how kids are getting bullied and, you know, even adults get bullied by a variety of different people and situations. Mm. But the number one bully, the biggest bully ever is the one inside our own head. Mm. It's the one that tells us all the time how awful we are, what's wrong with you, what were you thinking, I can't believe you thought you could do this or do that, or, you know, you must be crazy to think you could ever be successful or you could ever accomplish that, or you know that so-and-so is looking at you. Like that, the worst bully on the planet is in our own head. I agree. Absolutely, and and uh, is not real. <laughs> but in, unless it's totally I, unless, not real. Unless unless I treat it, uh, and actually that's really what they find about bullies too. Like I don't know a whole lot about that, but from what I've been hearing is that um, you know they find out that the bully is actually the most scared and the most intimidated, or the most, you know what I mean. And and so you know it's just a um, it's just an expression of what's going on in inter- and a reaction of what's going on internally with within the person. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, we're, we're just, we're better off without it, you know. So tell me, what is the wanter? What's the wanter? Oh, thanks for asking. And I love this because this is what happens when I do these interviews. You know, I, like, created this six-step formula, and then we end up just talking about fear the whole time, which is great. I mean, maybe I can just be, like, the fear guy. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe I made this too complicated. Maybe I only needed to write, like, a, a one-page book, you know. <laughs> That'd be, exactly. be a quicker read, but uh, but the wanter is a place within us where all of our desires sit, for better or for worse. This is just my belief based on my experience. I, you know, if I get a different understanding later, I'll try to you know send out an up, send send a blog, or, you know, post a blog or something. But my understanding up to this point is that there is a place, you know, mentally or spiritually, whatever you want to call it, where all of our desires sit. And but those desires, the origin of those desires could be coming from something that's good for us or something that's not good for us. And the problem is we don't know the difference. Right. How how do you how do you filter? I mean, I, I have had and you could probably relate with this, Marguerite, probably, probably everybody can relate to this. There have been some times when things have just felt so right, you know, and I've been so motivated and I've looked back and gone you know, that really wasn't the best idea or the best move. And then there's been other times when it has been. It's been terrific. It's like I can't really trust humanly my desires because I don't know where they're originating from. And so the idea would be that if the, if the fear is removed, then any of the desires that were created based on that fear would also go away. And it would really 
I don't know what, how, how better to say it, it would really purify or clarify my desires so that, so that I would be able to be more honest about the things that I really want. And what I've found with people that I've worked with, I mean, I've worked with a lot of people on this, this stuff, um, when their fear is removed, in the moment, it doesn't even have to be like every fear they've ever had, but just the ones that are on their mind right then. Once those are removed, the desires that they have are generally better for them and they're better for everybody. And I, I just have this fundamental belief that in the absence of fear, that if, uh, if, we, if, if, if we were to pursue as humans the things that we were really truly interested in in the absence of fear, once the fear is removed, that the world would be a much better place and that we'd be a lot more happy and a, a lot more useful to each other. So the, the oh, wanter just funny. simply represents that place of desire uh, wh- where, where any desire will sit and it's a more trustworthy resource once the fear is removed. You know, that's so powerful because one of my favorite sayings that I ask people frequently is, if money were no object, what would you do with your life? What would you do? Mm. You know, once people get past the, you know, oh, well, I would, you know, lay on a beach all day. <laughs> they go, okay, well, that would last a few days and then you get bored. Then what, do you, what would you really do? And yeah. for many people, they're so stuck in, well, I can't do that until I have this. Or, you know, someday when I do that, I'll be able to do this. Or as soon as I make X amount of dollars, I can, you know, mm. accomplish this. And when you take away the, the money aspect of it, when you pull that away from them and they start to dream, it's so powerful. Mm. And I think that's really effectively you're saying the same thing. Is that wanter is that person in you that says, okay, if if nothing was holding me back, what or how would I do it differently? Yeah, and and that idea that, you know, it's not going to be okay or I'm not going to be okay or I can't pursue this dream or whatever until this happens, those conditions of, you know, until the money's set up or until the whatever it is, whatever the uh, – what did uh, Pee Wee Herman say? Everybody I know has got a big butt. <laughs> <laughs> like I would do this, I, I would do this, but yeah. Anyway, I love that one. Anyway, uh, so you know th- those I don't think conditions. I've heard that. That's pretty funny. <laughs> those conditions and um, the, those conditions are fear. We don't know that. We don't know that this has to come before this. It might just be all good right now. And actually, speaking of movies, um, do, do you like Forrest Gump? Yeah. So I know I say that word far. I'm from the East Coast, apparently. I'm supposed to say like I think it's forest. Is that what you're saying, California? Right. But, Correct. I love, forest. I love for. I love. I'll try. I love Forrest Gump because uh, there's that scene where his business partner had invested their profits into Apple, right? And he gets this letter saying he's worth like millions of dollars, and Forrest has this response. He just says, "Great, one less thing," you know. And <laughs> and I want I want to be that guy. Like in other words, what that means to me is that. He was okay already, and now right. this is just some good news that's like some icing on the cake as opposed to something he was panicking about until he got this letter that he didn't even know was coming. And, and that's the healing that happens in my experience when fear removal becomes my priority first thing in the morning is that the thing that I think is a problem, I get comforted about it, and I get some sort of a sense that maybe it's okay the way it is, and then 
the thing that I've been waiting for actually shows up on top of that. So it's a double win. You see what I mean? That's kind of crazy. Isn't yeah, it? you get you get okay on the inside, and then all of a sudden, wow, it's also okay on the outside. I I, I like that. That's that beats the alternative. <laughs> you know this. Uh, I I'm anxious to read your book, so I'm giving you a deadline because I want to read it. So okay. I, I, we talked about it before, and you said you're going to put it out in an, in an uh, ebook format, and so I said I'm going to give you a timeline because. You don't currently have it in e in ebook format. So by the time we post this podcast, Nick, you have to get us the ebook so that we can share it with our listeners. Are you okay with that? I'm okay with that. All right, I'm gonna put you under a deadline. And I if I have it, if so I get important. any fear about that, I'll write it down on paper. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so that's kind of one one last question I wanted to ask you is how how do you feel this has impacted your life and what kind of changes have you seen in your own personal life once you figured this out? Well, it's really simplified everything uh for me and uh I, I'm I'm fortunate in that uh, my wife has the same practice. So I mean, imagine what it would be like to be in a relationship where anytime either partner is disturbed about something, the first thing that they do is surrender any fear that they have about it before any communication happens. Can you, can you imagine the value of from a from exactly. a marital harmony standpoint? Is that you know yeah. I I heard a, I heard a um a uh, psychologist one time say that he didn't believe that there were marital problems he believed that there were individual problems that then get thrust into a marriage because you circumstantially happen to be with somebody else and, and you know it's just kind of funny how things so true I, I, it, I, you know how they stick with you when you hear something like that and it just sticks with you so so you know that's just one area every area has been improved though i mean i, I don't leave it out of the realm of possibilities uh, I've had experiences where I thought I was having physical symptoms like health-related things uh, or physical limitations of things that I wanted to be able to accomplish in terms of, you know, goals as a runner or whatever. Things that I, I, I basically have had experienced progress in areas where I didn't think that that would be possible. It's not the only solution. There's a There's a myriad of solutions out there for all kinds of problems, and I'm not trying to you know, uh, discredit or, or diminish any of those. I'm just saying that for me, I've been impressed by how many things have gotten worked out by start, just starting with getting getting rid of the fear first. It's been extremely Absolutely. beneficial. And, and the thing is, and the other thing is, you know, just to, just to kind of round that out, I heard somebody say one time that, um, you know, one of the hardest days for him in his life was when he actually got what he wanted or what he thought he wanted. And and I don't know what he meant when he said that. But what it meant to me to hear it was that maybe he didn't, he wasn't sh- sure if it was really what he thought he wanted, or maybe he was surprised that he wasn't able to enjoy it as much as he anticipated because there was such a buildup around it. Oh, wow, if I get this, it's going to... You know, that that ultimately, I think we probably have to find a way to get happy now, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and leverage that, build on that, uh, rather than thinking that 
something outside of us is going to bring us that happiness. Well, that is such a valuable lesson. I know that for me, once I really learned that the magic is in the moment, it became life-changing. It was definitely life-altering because, you know, like I was saying earlier, what holds people back a lot of times is that whole thought process of I'll be happy when, you know, I'll be happy when I weigh less or when I can run further or when I have X amount of dollars or, you know, like that's a destination. It's not a destination, right? It's the journey. It's the path. It's it's really paying attention to that magic that's happening right now. So many of us are so busy looking at everything else that we forget what's right in front of us. Well, Nick, this has been such a fun call today. I know it went really quick. It seemed to fly fly by. But I'm anxious to read your book, so I'm going to hold you to that. And we're well, going to have that up as part of your podcast. And people can get a hold of you over – what's your website again? Uh, it's simply Nick Lynch, L-Y-N-C-H, dot net. And if you ever want to have him come in and speak at one of your events or, you know, talk to you more, please head on over to his website. We'll be sure to post a link to it on ours. But if, do you have any final words you want to say to wrap up a bit here? Well, I definitely appreciate this opportunity, Marguerite. I know you can't possibly have everybody on that you would want to, and so I'm I'm really grateful that I that I made the cut. <laughs> and uh, also, <laughs> in terms of speaking topics, you know, you and I uh, are both connected with uh, Eric Lofholm, who's a phenomenal sales trainer, and I I'm one of his yes, platinum. Uh, uh, platinum certified trainers and so as you were mentioning groups for me to come out and speak that's another area of sales training uh in addition to my get real book that i i love to talk about uh, when there's an opportunity and uh i i'm just really grateful that um that you are interested in these kind of topics marguerite because i think it just allows us to have more integration in our life you know that that we can experience more of a of a of a total fulfillment rather than you know, just thinking that, you know, excelling in one area is, is, is going to, you know, make the entire difference. So just thank you for providing a, a forum where, you know, these kind of ideas can be, can be discussed. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. It's, it's uh, definitely been huge impact on my life and I appreciate you doing what you're doing. And again, I'm anxious, I'm anxious to read your book. So Get that done, sir. <laughs> you got it. You got it. And thank you for creating a, a, the teaser here because we only really talked about the first of my six steps. So if you want to find out the rest, you're going to have to get the PDF. <laughs> for sure. And we'll have it available. So thank you again, Nick. And I think we're going to have to do another one of these. So we'll, we'll get you on the schedule and we'll talk about some of the other steps and, and a few other things because you've been great to talk with. Be happy to do that, Marguerite. Thank you. All right, for those of you who are listening, be sure to head on over to MarguerteCrispillo.com and you can hear this podcast as well as many others that we've done. Our goal is to help you build a business and a life that you love. So stay tuned for great stuff coming up and thank you for joining us today. Go out and make your life as successful as you want it to be. Have a great day. Bye-bye, everybody.